0: Welcome to Feeling Asia, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me and
1: I'm Brian Park. And, and we
0: have
1: a, and, and
0: Brian, <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing it. We're recording a podcast.
1: I know. It's, you know, Who it doesn't thunk? get, you, you would think it'd get easier after <laughs> however <laughs> goddamn years it's been.
0: <laughs> We're still awkward in the beginning of every episode. We're like, hello, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> awkward silence. <laughs> oh. Wait, what happened to Brian. Oh, I I'm thought right you here. froze, but that was just the awkward <laughs> silence, yep, on brand no no no.
1: no 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 no,
0: well, I'm really excited about our guest today.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. this is uh our guest is much, much cooler than us, young me. I think we I know, need to establish just, that.
0: I feel like we should just get cooler and cooler guests until like one day people are like, "What the fuck are these nerds doing, man? <sighs> just make us look worse and worse."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a nice goal for ourselves, but it's going to be hard yeah. to top after this week. I'll say that much.
0: The cool factor is high. The today. cool
1: factor is through the roof. And we've been teasing this out for our listeners. I think they have had enough of our awkwardness. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest. Is that cool, lee?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Listeners, you're in for a treat this week. Your guest this week is an incredibly talented and, as we said, very, very cool musician. Listeners, give your ears to Lily Lizotte, a.k.a. The Blossom.
2: Hi! (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Lily! Hi! It's so surreal hearing you guys, like, introduce the show because I am a huge fan and listener, (gasps) so I'm like, (gasps) my eyes are like old dreamy right now listening to you guys like seeing the process and hearing it so it's super cool i'm like oh my god i'm on the
0: show oh my gosh wow. thank you for saying that wow it does this is, wow. this is further <laughs> proof of like how someone's experience is so different than how they're perceived because i was like damn brian we're so fucking awkward and weird and Lee's oh, yeah. like, this is awesome and I'm yeah like, i'm like wow this hey. is awesome
2: <laughs>
1: Uh, that was going to be my follow up question. Now that you have witnessed how the sausage gets made, is it matched to how uh does it match your perception?
2: It's actually even better than I could have imagined. <laughs>
1: wow.
0: Because it was We cool. did it, like, Ryan.
2: Like I just heard you guys like switch into podcast mode and I was like, "Oh my god, I'm here." Like <laughs> did you see (laughs) did you see
0: like a difference in our personalities like before we started recording we were like totally different people
2: actually kind of i just feel like 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 when you guys started talking i was like oh yeah superstar mode like movie magic like it's like on you know it was cool
0: (laughs) wow I, I thought that I was just being natural, but I guess I do have this like corny. Hi, everyone.
2: Welcome to the podcast. It was sick. I was like, hell yeah. Cause I kind of do the same thing as well. Like, just switch it on. I was like, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah but you're, but you're a, a, like an actual rock musician. So when you switch it on, it's fucking badass. But when we switch it on, we get into like nerdy NPR mode.
2: That's (laughs) badass to me. That's the baddest of the baddest. You guys are bad. You like switch it.
0: (laughs) You switch it on and you're like, Thank you, Chicago, or something. And then we're just like, hi, everyone. Welcome. We got our headphones on. Oh,
1: my God. I mean, the fact that it, on episodes w- or when I'm recording without Young Me, it gets even worse. I put on this <laughs> oh ASMR the, voice.
0: Oh, my God. Have you heard, Lily, have you heard, like, the segments where Brian very obviously records on his own? I have. <laughs> it's so... It's like, it's very like midnight. There was one during COVID that you guys
2: recorded and the audio was kind of janky, but I liked that. I was like, ooh, visceral, like there's something going on here. Like it feels like a little oh. bit salt of the earth. <laughs> no.
1: so,
0: yeah, we need to make our audio we, more janky. Yeah, well, let's
1: mix it up. Let's jank up our audio and get salt of the earth here. I think that will be good for our brand. Yeah. <laughs> we need something oh wow well that what an intro wow lily are you are you sure you're also an actor correct because that was some great acting there (laughs) giving us singing our praises
2: (laughs) i was worried that it was going to come off as me being like you know like sarcastic but i'm like generally like really excited that was really cool
1: wow (laughs) thank
2: you i I believe you thank you
1: Well, uh, before we ask you how you're feeling, Lily, Me, how are you feeling?
0: Um, I'm, I'm feeling, ugh, I'm kind of feeling, okay, here we go again. I'm <laughs> feeling a little pathetic. I'm feeling kind of pathetic because <laughs> I'm feeling pathetic, but I'm trying to make room for myself um, because I actually had a flight this morning to Chicago, which is funny because I just said that, um, to visit somebody that I'm seeing and I've been very, you know, like secretive about this Um, and I've been secretive about this like relationship sort of thing because I've had like kind of like a tough time um, in the last few years being open. I feel like I was making a lot of jokes about being very single Mm. and then, you know, I was like dating around and that like came back to like bite me in the fucking ass because people were treating me very slut shamey if like for like lack of a better term like you know I was like I think I've obviously extensively covered this on the podcast but like I would be very open about like being single and I don't you know put any value on people that have casual sex or whatever like I don't think that has anything to do with like who a person is but then a lot of it was like jokes but people like started seeing me in a certain way So I just decided to make the conscious effort of, like, not being as open, you know, right? (sighs) About certain things, aspects of my personal life. But that's, like, something else. The reason I'm feeling pathetic is because I have, like, a fucking crippling fear of flying, okay? I do. And I I fly – I used to fly a lot, like, before COVID because I'm a Sagittarius and I would get bored and get, like, a a $30 ticket to wherever. Mm. Um, And I used to travel a lot with my son – and I feel like I'm pretty good at, like, keeping that anxiety at bay. And I have brought it up in the past that, like, I don't know what it is psychologically. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that my father is a pilot. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but I, I, every time I fly, I have to, like, get over this fucking flight anxiety. And it's sure. just, like, for some reason, I'm, like, I'm, I, I'm convinced that I'm going to die every time I go on a fucking airplane. I'm, like, this is how I die.
1: Do you have to take medication go for when you fly? Do you ever take Xanax?
0: I have taken it in the past, but I I haven't recently just cuz I'm just like this is fucking ridiculous. And <laughs> no. And I think that Sorry. what I what what I've noticed during COVID, after COVID, the pandemic, it's not after, but you know what I mean, after the whole pandemic and stuff is that these little like things that were just little difficulties for me are now extremely like enhanced mm. so like the flight anxiety is just like crippling and i'm and i'm much better about seeing what that sort of anxiety does to damage my body like if mm. i fly now like for two days after i'm just like fucking exhausted because i, I did all this mental work to soothe myself oh. you know
1: so if, if it's a short trip then it's not even worth it for you
0: Yeah, so I was like, I can't, I'm going to cancel my flight. It's not worth it. It's like, Mm. I mean, not saying it's not worth it to see my friend, because I don't mean that in any way. But it's just like, I I don't think I can do this for a four-day trip, which makes me feel fucking pathetic, because people fly all the time. And I felt so pathetic, because I was like laying on the kitchen floor last night (laughs) in an anxiety-induced, I don't even know what to call it, fetal position. And... And then I was looking through Twitter and somebody was tweeting like, I just like landed at the airport," And I was like, God damn it. Like everyone fucking flies all the time and no one gives a shit. Why do I have to be such a fucking loser mm. about this? You know,
1: I don't think you should um, be so hard on yourself because conversely, I know a lot of people who have flight anxiety.
0: Yeah, but I fucking hate it because it's like, not, and I just wanted to say another thing about flying that I really hate. It's not just the f- weird, like the paranoia and the fear that is not founded on any reality because we all know flying is very safe. Right. It's also the fact that you get to the fucking airport and everyone is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What the, like you cannot go to the airport without getting in a fucking, some sort of fucking confrontation oh, yeah. with at least four people.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And, then every,
0: and everyone around you is acting fucking nuts. Like the last time I was at the airport, some man was screaming at his wife and and then I was like spiraling about, I was like, why is she married to this man? This is embarrassing. Like just so many fucking, th- and then the, f- the people that work at the airport Are so fucking overworked and they're so exhausted because people are mean to them and then they're mean to you. And I'm just like, I my whole thing at the airport is I just try to get in and out with as little human interaction as possible. And even then, someone's like, "Move over, you're in the fucking way." Like, or some (laughs) flight attendants screaming at me, and I'm like, "I'm not. I'm literally just trying to get out of your way, please." Like, yeah, save it for the Karens, you know. (laughs) And so it's just like it's just such a miserable experience and i just hate i just hate it so much and it just gives me so much anxiety and i'm like i'm all about canceling plans now and just sitting at home and not doing it if it fucking if it's too much and you know what you're right brian i shouldn't be so hard on myself i don't want to fucking go to the airport who the fuck wants to go to the airport also i'm not rich enough so i have to go in the fucking poor people class the poor line I get no none of the perks, you know? Skipping the line never happens for me. I have to I have to stand in the four-hour line. You know what I mean? Do you have pre-check? No. Pre-check? No. We can't get it together.
1: Come on, Lily. No pre-check Lily, over here. No, you
0: got to have pre-check. It's $100. No, it's like 80 for like three years. <laughs> okay, I'll, Okay. I'm going to look yeah. into pre-check.
1: Honestly, it's not that cost prohibitive. It's just a preparedness right. thing.
0: It's <laughs> just me being a, it's a long, it's I never a long think car about it until I get there.
1: here in JFK. <laughs>
0: Another thing is, here's my other thing. I'm like, I always like judge people that are like, I judge people. Okay, this is just me being a <laughs> wacko, but like I judge people for getting like the first class because I'm like, what are you doing? You're just trying to fucking act like you're better than me? Shut up. Mm. And then I'm like, <laughs> Great. This fucking business guy has to cut in front of me. Who Can we just all just get on the plane together? Like, it's so stupid. Should the people in the back of the plane should get on first. That's the way it should happen. You, do you know what I mean? It's so weird. I, I, whatever. <laughs> this is, I could talk about this for days. It's just, it's just doesn't, it, it just, it's
1: weird. Flying no, is I, weird. I, 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 I agree like with it. you there. In theory, wouldn't it make more sense to board the back of the plane first? Because people need yeah. to put their you know, luggage in the stowaway and it just holds everything up. But yeah, I wouldn't yeah. know. I wouldn't know. One time I, one time I thought I was super prepared on top of my shit, use my rewards points. And I was still group four and it's still <laughs> a, a, a mystery to me. I'm like, how do you get into the first three groups? Like, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> do I need to I serve th- in the I military? Have, yeah.
0: <laughs> Seri- well, like the whole fat the first class thing fucking makes me so mad because the only people <laughs> the only reason people buy those tickets is so you can see them walking back to the poor section and it's like this oh. is so disruptive <laughs> this is this is so disruptive why can't we just do this like in an organized way we got to make the fucking rich people with small no. dicks feel good first
1: I, I sorry, want that so I badly. 100%. I'm, yeah. I'm saying it on record. I still want to be in first class.
0: Also, please, somebody sponsor Lily. <laughs> me. Lily's a musician,
2: Lily. Me and my sorry, small dick. Brian, cut fast. that out. No. I
0: don't want to body shame anybody. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cut it out.
0: <laughs> God damn it. Now, God damn it. I did not mean to say that. I'd never say that. <laughs>
1: Wow! How oh, the tables have turned. I'm you, you just went full Karen during your <laughs> your anti-Karen speech. And the I'm, yeah, I,
0: I've turned into like a, a weird whatever, like a female incel is. That's me now. I'm just hating on all men that are r- wealthy. Oh, you're happily married. Fuck you. Sorry. Uh, I'm fine now. i That was my rant. I'm. I got it off my chest. How are you feeling, Brian? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that Lily had to see that. I'm so sorry. I apologize, to everybody also i prefer small dicks just i just want to say that <laughs> i'm not joking i only date people with small wait dicks. wait 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 can we can either. we
1: expand can we expand on that do you actually though this,
0: i do i actually do yeah i think that wow. they it's way better and i think if everyone was being honest they would say that too i think small dicks are way better uh well I don't want now I now I feel like I'm actually s- actually shaming I'm, everybody. Not yeah. general shaming everybody. Now, shaming the now, the
1: now I'm gonna cut yeah. out your original statement about small dicks, but leave in what you just said right <laughs> now so it just confuses everyone. Like why is Young Me suddenly talking about this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I don't want to shame anyone that likes prefers large dicks because I feel like everyone's genitals are shaped differently and everyone's vulvas are shaped differently. And if that's what does it for you, that's great. But personally, for me, how my vulva is arranged is that it's it's more stimulating for me. But that's not true for everybody, and I don't want anyone to feel bad. No, whatever your I don't. I don't think you have to be.
1: Is. I think you can shame people who prefer large dicks. It's time they. It's time they get knocked down a <laughs> peg in society. <laughs> you, don't, you have nothing to Sh- apologize there's not,
0: for. <laughs> there's not enough large. Dick shaming in society, that's true. What are you gonna do yeah. with your big dick, huh? You're all always so lethargic because you're just, getting, your, no, I'm just kidding. This is getting yeah, so bad. Oh my yeah, god, yeah!
1: Pete Davidson,
0: yep, yep, Pete <laughs> Davidson. What you just get to date every celebrity? Who cares? Um, well, now that I'm canceled, Brian, how are you feeling?
1: Uh, <laughs> I okay, so. I am traveling out of the country uh, starting next week and (laughs) I'm super excited for that. Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting out of New York for two and a half weeks. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped, super excited. But I find this happens to me that, uh, you know, ahead of really large, like ahead of any vacation, I Mm -hmm. get really, I don't know, I just get really anxious. And this past week, but it's, I had flight a specific anxiety? type... I'm just no, no, flat, <laughs> flight anxiety? No, not flight anxiety. I think part of it is just a productivity thing because mm-hmm. I... I get that. Like it, yeah, like if I'm not working on something... So obviously, like I'm going on vacation and unplugging for a bit. But uh, leading up to that now, I've, I've found that this past week... And usually when I have general anxiety about things, I... i'm not good at pinpointing exactly what it is but Mm. this past week i've just been having so like my brain just will not shut the fuck up and all i'm thinking about Mm. is work and things that i should be doing or things i could be doing and i can't this hasn't really happened to me before in a long time where Mm. my brain just will not stop It, it won't stop i feel like uh a horrible reference here, but like Bradley Cooper in the movie Limitless where he just takes that drug and becomes <laughs> super smart. Yeah, but that but that's me just trying to function normally. Like I'm not exceeding any expectations here. And mm. I don't know if you've if either of you have ever experienced this, but my brain just would not shut up this past week. And it was all work related stuff. Nonstop. I couldn't unplug. I actually yeah, the only thing that would help is if I did uh if i I have to do something that like consumes all my attention Mm. so whether it be like rock climbing or like playing a sport like it's a forced attention thing and then i can my my mind will settle and meditation i've tried it so many times and it hasn't really stuck for me
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's how i'm feeling do you feel like it has something to do with the fact that you that you don't deserve a vacation, so you have to prove it to yourself by working overtime. That's how I feel.
1: Possibly, I don't really go on vacations. I mean, the type of work that we do, it's not a nine to five. So yeah. even on, I like, I don't really. I feel like I don't have weekends actually because mm-hmm. yeah. there's always some a little bit of something to do. And That's how I feel. yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, it's it's certainly a, a factor, young me. I think I'm just constantly like, I need to be working on something.
0: <laughs> mm, so Korean yeah. dad of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Lily, you said that you also feel that way.
2: Yeah, I mean, because I don't have a nine to five. And I think that like, mm. um, I just, I get anxious about like going on family holidays or going away when it's not music or career related. Um, mm. If it doesn't. it feels really self-serving but if something doesn't serve like my career or something related to music or in the arts or like flying for a photo shoot or doing something then I'm like no I don't deserve it like I shouldn't go like it's going to be wasted time so I feel like time Mm there's such this like impending doom of like I only have the certain amount of time and yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's it's funny because I also like hear friends talk about like oh I can't wait to go on a vacation here and I used to like Project onto them and be like, "Oh, like, like I don't want to go there. Like I'm like so busy. Like I just need to work. Like I'm busy recording. I'm doing this because I, yeah. <laughs> but I feel yes.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I've i would like holiday shame people, whor- which is yes. Yeah. I I would do an that. Shame. I yeah. would be such a fucking <laughs> bad friend. Like if my friends would tell Psychotic. me that they had to go on a vacation, I would just be a dick and say things yeah. like." oh like but don't you have to don't you have that big deadline coming up for this thing and i'm like why why am i am i why am i being their mom like am i their mom like why am i why am i being like this yeah it's total projection though
2: or i would be like i had like an ex-partner that was like oh like i'd love to like you know i'd really love to go to you know x y and z like italy or like maybe go to paris i was like yeah that's Mm -hmm. not really on my list right now like i would only go if i like needed to go for my music or something or i don't know it's i I was just like very yeah i was like projecting onto other people about traveling where when it's not work related which is actually psychotic and kind of mean
1: (laughs) fiend that's how i'm feeling
0: (laughs) i feel like that had a little bit of like effect on me too why i was like why am i going to this place i was gonna do work while i was there right the last vacation i took i did work i had like this deadline so i worked like three days out of the five days too and right. i felt yeah. like that made it okay in my head right the vacation i took i think it was in january or february i was like well yeah i'm gonna do all this work while i'm there so i brought all my work stuff which is fucked up like why can't we just have five like brian he's just not because brian was saying that he was gonna bring his work to his trip and he was gonna do I'm, work
1: uh, brian yeah, but, but i can work remotely though i can work remotely <laughs> I'm going to.
2: I think the problem is that we can all work remotely now. I think that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> Maybe that's but just the modern time. The it's our, not even on us. the optimistic
1: yeah. side of things.
2: It is nice yeah. to It's also really great. To, yeah, it's
1: really it's really cool too. But yeah, also very embarrassing when you go through TSA and they like rummage through your bag and they find your pot. They open up like your <laughs> block box and it's just like podcast recording equipment. <laughs>
2: and they're like like, cool cool (laughs) Cool. i
1: have no zero desire to listen to this but
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna listen to that
1: (laughs) um but yeah enough about us lily how are you feeling
2: um topic of anxiety i have really bad anxiety consistently and Mm. constantly you guys could Probably see me yawning. I do this thing where I'm yawning because I like can't breathe properly throughout the day all the time. So it's not that I'm mm. tired. I'm just yawning because I'm not breathing properly. But it doesn't have like negative connotations. Like I'm excited to listen to you guys and talk to you guys and be here. It's just like I'm in constant, yeah, anxious, uh, like in an anxious state. But how am I feeling? Um, I woke up this morning crying um, because it was kind of like a, not like, oh, pull me cry, I'm sad. It was kind of just like a release of emotions. Um, the last couple of days, I, my boyfriend is visiting me in LA right now. And um, we recently, like in the last 24 hours, like went through something together that had, uh, was my responsibility of like something that I lied about and it came to the surface, and we had to deal with that with each other. And it was really sobering and very cathartic and um, also really, it was a lot. It was like a lot. Um, So we recently went through that and yeah, I've been like kind of humbled the last like 24 hours because I've uh, learned about not forgiveness, but more just about like empathy the empathy Mm -hmm. that he had um, and -hmm. the empathy that we have for each other and the willingness. And I've, also been thinking about how like uh it's not necessarily just love that perpetuates that that like the you know the the nurturingness between a relationship but it's also just like Mm. empathy like just Mm. empathy and the Mm. willingness to step forward and have somebody else step forward um no matter who's right or wrong so yeah I've been pretty humbled um and like really like wow by his like level of um compartmentalization and emotional like and self-awareness um and i'm always on my high and mighty horse like i'm so self-aware i'm so like righteous Mm -hmm. i'm so great i do so much work on myself i go to therapy i've been going to therapy forever and it's like in the last couple of days i'm like wow Mm -hmm. i like remind us don't need to keep on working on myself um Mm -hmm. and i always felt like the more kind of like communicative like emotionally um Mm. outward person in the relationship and I've been Mm -hmm. humbled (laughs) (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of what I've been going through and um I had a studio session yesterday which I canceled which I never ever do because again Mm. Brian like you I'm like in this like hyper productive mode where it's like I could never cancel I could never you know like I'll do every session that I have booked but yesterday I was Mm -hmm. like all right First time in ever I'm gonna cancel the session and let's go on a hike and just hang out.
1: So yeah. Wow. What a what a whirlwind.
2: (laughs) Too much, guys? Too much? No. No, that was great.
0: (laughs) I really relate to well, the canceling the studio thing, because I also canceled the stand up show yesterday and I was like what the fuck am I doing? This is my fucking job. (laughs) This is my dream. But then it's also like But then it's also like, yeah, it's like the self-care thing that there's something in our bodies telling us is too much and we have to listen to that, you know? But also the uh, story you had uh, with your partner, I think it's, I feel like that experience is so tough and a lot of people don't talk about it. When, you know, it's like we we always hear this story where your partner does something wrong and you're angry Mm -hmm. and you're righteously angry. But like the part, if you mess up, and just the emotions of that, and owning up to I'm, not that you messed up, but I'm just trying oh, to I like did. I obviously, did. <laughs> I, I know
2: you're. Oh, I did. <laughs> I know you're
0: trying to be vague, so I I don't want to assume anything. But right. I'm just like, yeah, when you, when you do something to hurt somebody else, yeah. and owning up to that is a, it's
2: its own like yeah. trauma too. Yeah, for sure. I think there's power in in, in I like power and be like I was wrong. I lied. I did this. Mm. I am scared. I am petrified. I am like, I am deeply flawed. And having that person step forward and, and have empathy for you is, is, is like the best. It was awesome. Woo.
1: <laughs> wow. No, that's uh, very, that's very real, but you know, obviously, uh, yeah, I'm just glad, I'm just really glad that you shared because I think that's, uh, it's a feeling that a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. And I mean yeah.
2: I write songs, so it's like if it's not I'm like a super overshare sometimes to my own demise, mm-hmm. but I'm like happy to overshare, happy to happy to like be really generous with how I'm how I'm feeling. Right. <laughs> we I love guess, it.
1: I guess the other thing that I've learned <laughs> about myself, you know, over the course of just living and being in relationships yeah. is that a bad personality trait of mine that i've had to mm. sort of reconcile with and uh. remediate is okay but oh, like parts where i will share something about my wrongdoings and take uh-huh. ownership and be like well i'm wrong i fucked up but then if the recipient doesn't accept it with the response that i had anticipated uh. so if they're not as forgiving because you can't really mm. control how they're going react, you know Obviously on my end I'm like, Well, I'm taking ownership of my actions, so Mm -hmm. clearly you should forgive me. And if that if that (laughs) if that doesn't align, then I will like sometimes like freak out and be like, Wait, what the fuck? Like what Yeah what do you mean like what What do you like this doesn't that's match hard. up like you should yeah like you realize how hard this is for me and that's i realize is very narcissistic and yeah. um but yeah you know <laughs> forgive I'm, I'm, me
0: now right
1: right right <laughs> like that that definitely sends me into like a spiral is when people cause some people take uh need time to process people yeah. need time yeah. mm-hmm. to some people right away will be like oh you know what like I'll forgive you some people it might Mom- take days yeah. or months yeah. or mm-hmm. years even and that yeah. like not being able to control their reactions to it would just yeah. send me in a, into a tailspin but you know I, I'm a lot yeah. better about that now
2: like also I've like learned recently that um I've been saying things like I've been using like the sort of language like I'm not asking you to forgive me or I'm I'm not going to say sorry, but like, I don't know. I feel like forgiveness and saying sorry is so, it ha- it just kind of makes me anxious and it's kind of like a throwaway term. It reminds me of the word like nice. I think it's important to acknowledge mm-hmm. like you're like stepping forward and, and apologizing and the acknowledgement. But for some reason, mm-hmm. I'm just like the word sorry to me is like people use it and i know that i've used it and then you walk away and you step away from a situation and someone's still hurt so i've been trying Mm -hmm. to like think about like what's more important like understanding having empathy um what other acknowledgements can we like share with each other and and bring to the table that are not sorry Mm -hmm. because sorry automatically makes us think like oh everything's good when it's like really not People yeah. take so much time to heal. Like, I am still healing from mm-hmm. things that people have apologized for. And I don't think the apology yeah. did anything. I think the acknowledgement within myself and, like, you know, was was what really heal, Like healed me through a lot of trauma, well, yeah. you know?
0: I think... A lot of yeah, I think I'm glad that YouTube brought that up because I think a lot of times people use sorry as this like forgive all card. Like here's my sorry card, so you yeah. give me the forgiveness card and we're done. Yeah. And it's not yeah, a, yeah you it's can be really like I feel that. like it's it's <laughs> fine to be sorry cuz like yeah, I'll be like sorry and I'll truly feel bad and that's like step 1, right? Just uh-huh. being like acknowledging that uh-huh. something fucked up happened. And then like whatever the other person does with that is up to them and it's not like this transaction. Like here's my sorry give yeah. me the forgiveness yeah and that's like hard to learn but i'm glad that you brought that up ryan because it took me a long time to learn that too i was like i'm yeah. i am sorry i feel very bad you can do with that information what you what you will you don't right. need to give me anything i'm just yeah. letting you know i'm sorry you know like,
1: cathartic yeah. start but a little bit of email.
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that was great yeah thank you for bringing that up that's very personal and thank you so much for sharing oh, yeah i well, got nothing to lose hard.
1: Let's, let's keep the let's keep the emo vibes lose, going, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna keep the emo vibes going, and let our listeners know that you are our first Australian guest on Am the I? podcast.
0: Yeah. yeah, ever. Well, maybe ever. we have like a maybe we have like an Australian person that was citizenship Australian. that you didn't know, know like a pseudo Australian or a,
1: yes, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: yeah, I think you're the first to, ever
1: to provide you some backstory here. Young me and I, we have. We've had a, a contentious relationship with the Aussies who listen to the mm. podcast because in the early aughts of our podcast, we did an episode where we did lots of, uh, we we did an Aussie accent for a lot of it. And we re- received a lot it. of DMs. I did it.
0: <laughs> Brian did an Australian accent and it was trash.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah, I got a lot of DMs on that one. Like was, hate they, DMs?
2: Not hate get- DMs,
1: but they, they were like... That was the worst goddamn accent I've ever. Well, I mean, heard. it's like a bizarre
2: accent, and it's also, like quite hard to do, and it's and it just makes everyone sound like stupid.
1: Wow! No. <laughs> like, Lily's words, not ours. Like
2: even Australians, I think Australian like like I don't think they're charming or endearing, to be honest. But maybe that's just because so. Yeah, I'm like, it's not like I'm like, oh fuck, this accent sounds horrible. But but I don't think it's um. Yeah, it's it's kind of um, it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. I don't get. I don't like. I
1: don't get excited. <laughs> I love how it's taken us three years to earn the good favors of the Aussie listeners. We're like, we have our first. Yeah, and I'm guest, like, I don't really like Australia. Straight out of the straight out of the gates, you're like, yeah, we're trash. We're <laughs> trash.
0: It's not. Fa- it's like the accent's not very charming. So I feel like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of people find it charming. Really. Know. But yeah. I, I think it's uh, maybe it's subjective. Yeah, maybe you, your relationship to it is different.
2: Yeah, I think right. I also get triggered, like especially when I'm in New York and I'm like walking around, and this is kind of awful to admit. But I hear like an Aussie accent. I'm like, no, like no, 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 no. <laughs> like, just, just mostly because I'm like Australia is so <laughs> small. It's probably going to be somebody I know. I don't want to see people. Uh, or, yeah. or like it's also like get away. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> I know that's that's awful. But I moved away from Australia to. Like, I identify with Australia because of my family, but not culturally, I think. Mm. And, right. and And so. I struggle with everyone being like, you're Australian. <laughs> and I'm like, I am, but I've also lived in America for, like, um, you know, 14 years of my life. Like, longer right. than I've lived in Australia. But it's just the Australian accent is so strong that it, like, really stuck, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, but so yeah, you're just never in
1: Williamsburg, <laughs> Brooklyn then because it's just <laughs> overrun with Aussies. Every coffee shop in New yeah. York is owned by an Aussie. Yeah.
0: yeah. So seriously, what happened there?
2: And I kind of... <laughs> bust Australian mafia. And I bust I people's in. bubbles. <laughs> oh, have you been to that Australian cafe? Have you been? I'm like, yeah, no. Like, you know, oh, have you been to Ruby's or whatever? I'm like, I don't...
0: You don't hang with the you don't hang with Australians. No. You guys I'm laughing so hard at my own Australian accent that I that (laughs) none of you heard. (laughs) I just did it. I slid it in and it made me I didn't even notice. (laughs) I was gonna try to do the accent again, but I decided not to.
1: Oh do the accent.
0: I said everything's run by the Australian mafia. The mafia. The
1: The Aussie Mafia. Mafia Oi mate, we're gonna go see Nick Kyrgios play at the Aussie Open down in Melbourne.
2: Yours is okay, wild, that was, Brian. That's wild. Brian, that, I don't You're know what wild. that is. Brian. You're really wild for that one, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, that was that was not it.
1: That was <laughs> yours was horrible too, young
0: man. I feel like my mafia was more on more spot on than yours. <laughs> uh,
1: you know, from the from the same Aussies who have DM'd us about you know our horrible accents, we've heard through the grapevine that. Uh, you know, Asians in Australia, there is uh, anti-Asian racism Sentiment, there. It's a sentiment, strong sentiment. And there we're is. wondering, is that a sentiment that you share? And perhaps, do you have any personal experiences with that?
2: Yeah, wow. I mean, What was it like being Asian I in Australia? I actually love when people are like, oh, you're from Australia. I hear it's really racist there. And I'm like, I can't wait to tell them. I'm like, yes, 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 it is. Like, let <laughs> me tell here, you. We're here to listen. Yeah. Oh my so, God. <laughs> no, it's everything. Like, I've been out at bars and clubs and parties, and people are like, oh, Australia is like pretty racist there. And I'm like, yes, it is. Like, I'm going to tell you. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to share um, that <laughs> it is. And I think that uh i grew up in sydney i grew up in um i didn't grow up in the suburbs i grew up like quite city-centered um and my mom is from thailand she's thai chinese um i'm first generation australian so she um she immigrated to australia during the white australia policy which Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't know about um but uh and my dad is um american and he also immigrated to australia so Uh, yeah I mean I grew up in a really like multicultural community um but where I would experience feeling extremely othered and dissociated with Australian culture is um I mean the first day of school um I this is like a like my first day of school moving from New York to Australia I somebody waved at me and I was like kind of nervous and so I gave them the thumbs up and this this boy said to me, like, that's not how we say hello in this country. And I was, like, so confused. I was like, but but, but I'm Australian. Like, I've just moved back to Australia. Like, I was born here. Like, Mm. I didn't say anything back, but um, yeah. So that was, like, the first experience as a kid on my first day of school in Australia. So Um, just
0: being a kid and being like, all right, bro, like that. And he read Uh that as you're a fucking foreigner and you don't know how to do things in
2: my country. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that's yeah. That was just that's like one incident, but all throughout school, um, you know, there was so much anti-Asian and racist rhetoric and conversation. I would have, you know, pretty white girlfriends that would say to me like, "Oh, but you're not really Asian." I'm like, "No, mm. no, but I am." Like, what what makes me not Asian? And I, you know, I I would hate that when like when they said that because it would also make me feel like well I'm definitely not one of you like you know I don't yeah. want to be <sighs> othered and be seen as the Asian girl but I also mm-hmm. don't want to fit in with you guys I dropped out of high school I couldn't take it I wanted to leave by the time I was 14 I dropped out I didn't even test out I just left one day I just stopped showing up um yeah and when I was like 16 and I just felt so dissociated and disconnected with everybody um I also felt like uh yeah, it just it just wasn't a healthy environment. And I think growing up, you know, going to places with my mom and my dad, um mm-hmm. my dad um being white and my mom being Asian, people would assume that my mom didn't speak English and they would only speak to my dad. So watching mm-hmm. that, you know, mm. like direct their attention to my dad and not speak to my mom at the airport whenever we travel. This doesn't happen so often now but it did happen a couple of times in australia where somebody at the airport counter or somebody walking would be like um hello how are you today like to my oh, mom God. and my mom would be like oh i'm fine thank you thank you very much yeah we're just traveling with blah 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 blah, blah. And she's got like <laughs> like my mom has a really fancy like australian accent like she's very like you know <laughs> so right. they just be like oh um or they'd be like to my dad like oh, are you going back to your wife's country? And like mm. one, like say, yeah, to my dad. And, and and I just remember growing up watching all of this and watching how my parents would deal with it. My dad was incredibly, you know, ashamed, I think. And he, and he always felt very protective over my mom. Whereas my mom is made of steel. She's sensitive, but she'd be like, oh, stupid people. Like she just let it like wash over right. her head. I also think it's kind of like this... Older Asian generational thing where I think I see my grandma when I've seen people, you know, be rude to my grandmother, and mm-hmm. they kind of just like let it go over their head and just kind of like we don't want to deal with the. Yeah, it's fact. like a
0: survival thing. Yeah, and and it they always kind of can't me. stop and absorb all of it because it's too much. Exactly,
2: something. and I think it's easier yeah. as well for older Asian people to be like, just you know, like, don't create conflict like just ignore it these people are stupid keep going whatever and so that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I felt my mom acknowledged a lot of those situations and and it used to piss me off when I was younger because I'd be like Mm. no this is fucking wrong like they're being racist and it's because you're Asian it's because we're Asian like and now I understand why she'd be like be the bigger person because I think that's Mm. what she was taught growing up as a survival mechanism in her environment um but you know, um, it really, it really used to piss me off. So <laughs> as it was You know, that
0: reminds me of this article that I read a, a long time ago by this author who was a black woman living in america and Mm -hmm. she was like i do this thing where i just like let let go of microaggressions like that and then i made a conscious decision to confront it every time it happened for three days Mm -hmm. and by the end of three days i was fucking completely destroyed as a person because if Mm. you are gonna like attack it head on every single time it happens to you you're getting like whittled down to nothing and she was like i have you know and she was like it was just three days and it destroyed me so I, i like I understand why you're angry because it makes me so angry when I see it happening to my mom. Mm. But I also understand that if she literally took the time to like confront it every time it happened, there would be nothing left. It's just too hard, you know? Yeah. it's hard. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I grew
2: up with a lot of those again, like in that environment with Australia, which is like very that, I mean, this it's, it's incredibly racist and, um, you know, there's a, a really deep and horrific history of, you know, the, the colonization of the country, um, you know, and the pretty much the crusade of extermination of indigenous peoples there. And then on top of that, you have immigration issues and people, you know, um, being really anti-immigration because, you know, the whole country is is a super multicultural country. And I think everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, like we're all multicultural, which which it is because, you know, it's had so much immigration. Um, but at the same time, it's like, there's so much tension because of that. And Southeast mm. Asia and Asia is close to Australia because it's like Australasia. Yeah. So the a lot of the um, a lot of the POC communities are all of Asian background, you know, or mm. like have all immigrated from different places to Australia. Um, so the Asian demographic in Australia is seen as like, get the fuck out. We don't want you here. They have this whole campaign called Stop the Boats, which is like stop oh, people wow. from coming over. And there's, you know, I grew up like with posters on the street, stop the boats and massive, oh you know, all like go back to where you came from or being called a fob, which means fresh off the boat, you know? Right. Mm. Um, so that was a pretty gnarly environment also because, you um, like my dad is an Australian musician and a very prominent Australian person and very, Mm. so, so as my uncle, they're both, um, like really big Australian artists. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're very contributive to culture and yeah, they've, they've made like, um, cultural Australian music, like history, like culturally, Mm. like very big artists. So growing (laughs) up, I think, um, it was kind of weird. Cause I was like, I feel really like supported by, of course. Yeah. Because it's like, I identify as It's like my family is in the public eye and it's like, everyone would know my last name going to a school, but then I felt so othered at the same time. So mm. yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: very confusing and conflicting. Yeah,
2: it, it definitely was, yeah. I
0: think, to be honest with you, I think Australia is probably neck and neck with America in terms yeah. of it's like a colonized mm-hmm. place where the indigenous population was annihilated by the white settlers. And those white people have this weird idea that they own the land that yeah. they ha- they personally stole. Um, my experience with Australians, and I have to say the thing about the, the accent sometimes is true for me. If I see a gang of white men and I hear that Australian yeah. accent, I'm like, nope, gonna cross I'm the like, street. i don't wanna get punched like, in the face. <laughs> nope, I don't want someone's shoe thrown at my head. But my experience with Australians is going to Thailand and it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, 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 the way that, I know there's a saying in Japan, they call it like white people abroad or something. But the way that Australian people act in Thailand is like, they will murder you and they think that it's okay and yeah. you're there to wash their fucking yeah. feet and suck their dicks and like anyone that's like Thai is their fucking servant and so it's just happy how
2: disgusting
0: <laughs> how disgusting that they act in that co- I was like I say this all the time I'm like I love Thailand I love going there I can't fucking handle the fucking white people and the Australians mm. there they ruin my trip every time yeah like, I mean
2: I grew up going to Thailand every year and my family and my cousins we would like sneak and laugh at like these like like tourists that would buy the pool just like we used to call them lobster people because they would get like so burnt but we were like oh my god I mean we were kids but we were like oh they're so gross and like like I don't know, I just found the tourism there like so they act gross cruel. and and mm. you know they act so cruel. Yeah, to and the local it people. makes me really sad. It, like cruel is the perfect word. And I would just see these yeah. like people like taking advantage of of being able to perceivably and feel and be entitled that they can do whatever they want and they can buy whatever mm. they want and they can do whatever they, definitely they want. Feel and, that way. And it's, yeah. it's wow. It's it was awful. It was disgusting. It was something that I had to deal with every time we traveled there. Um, and my mm-hmm. parents, you know, I kind of kept out of like the bar, like areas, um, like somewhere like Patong, where like everyone goes and, you know, a lot of tourists go and they go to the ping pong shows and they, you know, and they go and like, oh. you know, have an experience with the katoi and God knows what else they do. But it, it just, it's like, it's not that it's like seedy, it's more so that it's like, it, it's, it's cruel. Like you see these people um, exploiting and, and you know? Yeah. And I think their argument yeah. is like, well, it's fun. And you know, like they want we're to helping do it, their and, they, economy and Yeah, we're helping their something. economy with spending
0: money. Mm. And, and they always try to blame the Thai people. They're like, well, if they didn't have that, yeah. we wouldn't be. And it's like, no, 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 it's mm. other way around. You have the money, you have the economic yeah. like upper hand here and you're like forcing them into doing this because that's why you're coming here. Like, do you understand? It's your fucking fault. Yeah. Like, mm. And also, the amount of white men in Thailand that are Australian and have dreads, That's
2: uh, Oh, my gosh. Somebody please. Call the police. I was, Someone call the yeah. international
0: <laughs> Interpol. It's funny okay? that I was speak about this because I was
2: talking to my boyfriend last night. And um, what's that movie? The Hangover, right? And I was saying, yeah. I like The Hangover. It's like an easy movie I put on sometimes. And I'm like, oh, this is right. funny. I know it's going to happen. It's light watching. And The Hangover 2 is when they go to Thailand. And we were out to dinner last night. And I was saying, you know, The Hangover 2, like the – like, the tropes and the stereotypes that it feeds into of, like, going to Thailand and, and, mm-hmm. and partying kind of, like, didn't sit right with me. Like, I I right. don't really like number two as not much as number one. Yeah. And I think that's me just being really protective of, of those, like, tropes and those stereotypes that were used against me growing up as well. People being, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, oh, I remember one kid was, like, we were, like, roasting each other. And he said to me, like, oh, um, when you grow up, you're probably just going to work in a like, like a massage, parlor, like sucky, sucky, licky, licky, like horrible things like that. or oh, Yeah. So, I mean, I just, those like stereotypes is just oh, so, so awful yeah. and have traumatized yeah. me. And um, like, if I Drop see. Drop the handle, sis.
0: <laughs> We're doxing him today.
2: I'm feeling Asian. Drop he- his hand. Uh, drop his ass he was in my math class and and that moment we were like i just like made fun of him because of his haircut we were just like roasting each other and then he said some shit about that and it just got like so dark really quickly because i was like oh god what, like
0: that's you know, just like, classic white guy yeah. like oh i'm gonna make fun of your hair i'm gonna make fun of your entire race yeah and exactly exploit your women <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> okay so, so i guess <laughs> this is not fun anymore yikes no
1: <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. You so uh, you mentioned <laughs> that your your father and your uncle are both musicians, and mm-hmm. you you're following in their footsteps too. And yeah. um, you know your your music has millions of streams, and you've ca- collaborated with artists like Brock Hampton, mm-hmm. and you know you're ascending through the music industry. And however, you've been very open about the hardships and struggles of it all. Mm-hmm. And we're curious: what are some aspects that you wish more people were aware of?
2: I mean I my friends and I and like a lot of my friends are mostly in the music community and the art community and to me it's like symbiotic. I feel like a lot of my friends are all kind of on similar war paths as me. I like used to say journeys, mm-hmm. so that sounds mm-hmm. nice and fluffy, and now it feels like I'm on a war path of like
1: mm-hmm. constantly
2: trying to navigate disappointment, frustration, comparison like at the Mm. same time there's so much excitement and so much hope and so much opportunity that I face every day that I'm I'm clearly still so motivated and inspired by but with that motivation and that inspiration comes like a lot of uh, day-to-day navigation of like again comparison anxiety Um, I think there's a there's a side um, that a lot of people don't know about in the industry which is like just the day-to-day navigation of like you know pressures of like social streams like followers being present how to communicate to fans like it's Mm. it's it's so different the industry like it used to be like back in the day so I've had it would be like you release an album and then you go out on the road and you tour and 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 you're like you're um the outcome of like Gaining fans and releasing music was, like, very much so, like, cause and effect. Like, you could see yeah. it. And it's very tangible. And now right. it's, you know, it's all over the internet. You have to create community. You have to communicate to people in other ways that have nothing to do with your music. Like, yeah. playing a show and getting them to connect with you is, is like the icing on the cake of this whole other world building and community that mm. you have to build. And it's great because you get to build it. And And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that all oh. artists feel this way, because I think some mm-hmm. artists are like, no, I'm cool just posting from time to time or doing this or just going on my little tours and doing that and doing this. But for right. me, it's like my team and I are constantly like, how do we connect? How do we connect? How do we connect? And it's like, mm. Whoa. And also with like, I'm signed to a major label. I just recently signed from, um, I was uh, releasing through um, my two very dear and close friends, um, Kevin Abstract and Ramil, who have this label um, video store who are part of Brockhampton. And it was all very Mm -hmm. like, you know, very wholesome and like friends. I was just releasing music through them and we were making music together. And now I've gone to the major label structure, which has been fantastic because I chose very wisely with my new signing. Mm -hmm. Um, But the major label dynamic is is now i feel this immense pressure to like be on tiktok to to to, yeah. to, to just think like how can i connect how can i connect and and mm-hmm. i'm such like naturally i like get so much fulfillment out of connecting with people but it's right. like it's it's there's so much pressure related to that mm. too you know and i think mm-hmm. i just brought on somebody um Who's great? Who's a friend of mine? And he's helping me like make TikToks, and we're filming and coming up with concepts and ideas, and and mm-hmm. it's 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 just I don't know. It's just so like I don't think people see or know yeah. that side of it. They just think that you make yeah. and create and you share, and all of mm-hmm. this that you that you're conceiving and sharing, like it just comes naturally, but it doesn't. Like yeah. I was talking right, to someone right, about right. like Lil Nas i I'm like, he has a whole team surrounding like the concepts of like the funny posts that he does on TikTok and how he's going right. to announce something and how he's going to communicate something it's like this constant performative mm. like thing even though mm. you know and it's it's, it's so much which
1: i uh, yeah I've, i have a follow up question here and let's you know l- just speaking sonically about the music i'm going to call it the tiktokification of music mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um you know there's trends that go on tiktok and people will take little sound bites from songs has the yeah. TikTok, like has the impact of tiktok like do you talk about it amongst your team and your yeah. colleagues and your peers about like, has it influenced how you're going to produce music? and Not like, what, for
2: me, not for my project, but I know that mm-hmm. there is definitely, and of course, like people that have, um, you know, uh, creating like TikTokable songs or more, mm-hmm. you know, internet virally songs and like music that's tailored to perhaps like what. What the trend is, or what the wave is on the internet, of what they think is going to be mm-hmm. popular. I do mm-hmm. not think in terms of that at all. I'm I'm also always thinking like, how can I communicate what I make to the masses? Like, how can I communicate what I make? Um, because I truly believe that anything like obscure or as weird as you want, or whatever it is, can be communicated essentially to the masses. Like as niche as you want, can be communicated. It's about context and it's about mm-hmm. like um you know yeah it like which is really a cool thing about pop culture um i think pink panthers is a great example of that that's like kind mm-hmm. of like you know a drum and bass song that took off on tiktok and it's kind of like an obscure like more underground sounding song and then it's number right. one on new music friday it's on you know it's like Everyone mm-hmm. in the music industry is talking about it. It's charting. It's like, and that's not perceivably like a pop song, you know, but it's yeah. about the context mm-hmm. that it was communicated in, which is over TikTok. And so yeah. it's, it's an exciting time, but it's also like us as artists, we're, we're just constantly now thinking about how do we deliver this to people? How do we communicate yeah. something to someone? And it's exhausting, yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like an extra step that
0: people just didn't have to consider back in the old days, right? In the, yeah. Before, like, but also I liked listening to you talk about your work because I think there's this perception that I know, like, you know, has been around for a long time where young people... You know, they really, really want to be pop stars. That's that's their dream. And I think there's a perception that uh, as a pop star, the reason that people want it is like you don't really have to work. It's like you're famous. They see they see this thing where you, you see these pop stars and they're, you know, on the red carpet and they're like flying in uh, private jets and like they're like, well, that's what I want. But but the truth of it is, it is an actual job. And like what you were saying earlier in the episode, I think really resonated with me. Where you're like, I don't have a day off because. No. I can't just go to Paris because if I go to whatever on vacation, because if I go, I can be like, I have to do a show here for this to be worth it. Like, mm-hmm. it's always like, uh, it's a job that never ends. And I think I think it's really interesting hearing from you because it it really highlights that it is actual work and it's very hard work, you know? Yeah, I mean, I... Yeah.
2: I recently picked up a 28-date tour um, that I'm going to be on mm-hmm. tour for like two and a half months um, with another artist role model. So I am supporting okay. him on tour and I was super excited. I love him. I love his project. He's amazing. Yeah. He's, he's super great. And I was hyped. But when I heard about it, I like broke down crying because mm. I was on the phone to my management and they were like, you know, you have to do this. And I was like excited to do it. But I was also crying because I knew how fucking hot it's going to be. I'm going to be driving in a Sprinter van, catching up to his tour bus. I'm going to like some of the shows are consecutively next to each other. I'm going to feel alone. I have my two Uh. band members with me, um, which is going to be fun, but I'm going to feel disconnected. I'm going to feel lonely. I'm going to be staying Uh. in hotels by myself every night. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't drink on tour. I don't do drugs um, on tour. So i'm just kind of in this like little bubble i literally before the show i get into bed i watch the british bake-off i phone my Mm. dad or my mom or my brother a friend Mm -hmm. on facetime then i get to the venue i play the show i grab my shit i say bye to everyone i thank everybody i leave try to get as much sleep as possible and do it again so Mm. you do that i mean that's my method (laughs) a lot of people have different methods (laughs) but i grew up on tour i i grew up um touring with my dad and with my family and my dad literally treated the job like an athlete because what mm. you have to put your body through and what you have to put your mind through is mm. not natural and it is not normal it's a bizarre yeah, it's thing a marathon. Yeah, yeah you get up yeah. on stage and you play to these people and everyone goes yay and then you go to a hotel room where you're by yourself and alone and you think I'm so great and then you just get pulled back down and so I think it's like a lot of um, it's a lot of like extremities like highs and oh, lows and it's mentally that's why so many musicians have you know drug dependency issues and alcohol dependency issues because mm-hmm. you know those are vices that people use to cope with the extremities to kind of level yeah. themselves out um so i yeah i cried because i was overwhelmed with i was like mm. how am i going to get through this um Right. And so the first thing that I actually did on Amazon was like order a miniature rice cooker, a miniature <laughs> kettle, like a mini nice. one. Um nice. I ordered like something like to steam my vocal cords, like a steamer. Yeah. Um I started like planning okay what vitamins I like am I going to take. Yeah. I need to get a new pair of running shoes that I can go for a jog before the show. So all these little things that in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be in control of the situation. (laughs) Like I'm going to be like, it's going to be okay. Um, so touring is a big thing. It also costs so much money, you know, like touring for independent Mm -hmm. artists. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's incredibly expensive.
0: I think the word I didn't fully understand the word independent until Brian and I started this podcast. That means we have to pay for everything. And then and then, and then somehow we'll get the money back. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. We'll, like, that's what that means.
2: I well, mean, this is a podcast. That's I mean, I I get money from my major label deal, but it's not really my money. I have to pay it all back too, which people don't realize. Wow. People think that, like, people, I love busting people's bubble because, like, oh, did you hear so and so signed for this much? And it's like, people will tell me that. It's like, oh, I heard they signed a $2.5 million record uh-huh. deal or a 5 point whatever. And people who are not in music, they always say that, and I'm like, yeah, but you know that's, like, a loan. That's not Mm. money that they just walk away with.
1: Like, what happens if a major label gets it wrong, and they give an an artist in advance and their records just don't sell? Which
2: happens all the time. Um, So if an artist, like, doesn't stream, doesn't take off, doesn't have momentum, then, you know, a couple of things that can happen. The artist can just be held, you know, um, for a certain amount of time, and and not leave that deal, or they'll let the artist Mm. go, but they'll hold on to their masters or whatever they have recorded to try and recoup. Um, Sometimes the artist will try to work out how to get out of the deal. Um, And I think it's like, it just, what ends up happening for the artist is it's extremely limiting to what they, they, hmm. for other ventures and whatever else they can do. So there's an incredible amount of pressure (laughs) Um. Yeah. You know. And there's publishing deals. There's record Mm -hmm. deals. There's you know. Mm So there's incredibly amount of pressure to what we say is like to to recoup our deals, and you can't recoup through streams because it's like uh, this is going to be
1: Spotify doesn't. Yeah,
2: you don't get any money. This is going to be an incredibly um unfactual statement. (laughs) But (laughs) so please excuse me. But for like every million streams, you might get like I don't know four hundred dollars or something. I don't know how it works. So if you're getting. Mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of dollars for, um, for advances or million-dollar advances, then, like, you com- compute it. Been, yeah. So yeah. it's not about streams. It's about sync. It's like getting a song in a movie, or I don't even know how you recoup yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's pretty fucking daunting. Like, no wonder I have, like, consistent wow. anxiety.
1: <laughs> I see... Um- Wow! They're, yeah, hearing you describe Thirsting all this—bubbles everywhere. Well, first and first, congratulations Thank for your you. upcoming uh, your tour. That's <laughs> that's that's a huge achievement. Um, but yeah, I, I notice a lot of parallels with music and comedy, mm-hmm. and you know, on this podcast, Young Me and I have been very open about. The, the hardships and struggles that are more specific to being an Asian comedian, sort of mm-hmm. making your mark in America, mm-hmm. in the comedy industry. And I'm wondering, are there any unique issues that you encounter as an Asian artist um, ascending the music industry?
2: Yes. I feel like um, a lot of people assume that I make R&B music or pop music. They never mm-hmm. assume that it's rock centric or like rock driven or guitar driven mm-hmm. music. Um, and they, you know, (laughs) because when you think about it, how many Asian rock and rollers are they? Like how many Asian rock stars are there? You know, like it's, it's mainly like pop music or, or like Mm -hmm. R&B or, and also I think as well, I think the, the genre of rock music, it's fucking insane to me but it's it's always seen as like a white genre you know when really Mm -hmm. it's not it came directly from black people and it's completely like people say oh punk music is like so white i'm like no it's actually like it came from black people like it's their genre it's it's actually theirs you know um so i feel entitled to be able to play you know, the style of music that I play and it feels very like true to what I've been influenced by and true to what I was brought up on. Um, because for me, it's like, I don't think white people own rock and roll at all. It's really not mm. theirs. It, it And in my mind growing up, you know, we didn't play Elvis in the house. My dad was like Little Riches, the king of rock and roll. Like mm. that's in which he is. He invented rock and roll. James Brown mm. invented rock and roll. All those blues Zodis invented
0: Broadway. I'm here I'm here you for, the Elvis, I'm here for like the Elvis slander I don't like Elvis I
2: really do Elvis. not like Elvis and I'm I just up. a horrible person all around <laughs> he stole <laughs> he stole his dude. shit
0: from, yeah he stole <laughs> his shit from black people he like abused women he mm-hmm. married a 13 year old mm-hmm. come on what's mm-hmm. no. the time for Elvis to get canceled good yeah. good sandwich yeah though. the fucking peanut butter banana sandwich <laughs> That sandwich slaps. That man knew his sandwiches. One thing you can't say about Elvis is he didn't know sandwiches. Okay, well, sorry, sorry. Anti Elvis
2: group. I'm going to stop. Anti Elvis. Um, yeah, anti Elvis. So yeah, and also I feel like you know, um, there's a lot of comparisons as well, like being, and I think there's some tokenization as well, like being, being an Asian artist. I just feel like there's there's not so few of us, but I feel like there is that are in Mm. the kind of like the community that I'm in, which is like this like up and coming, you know, very like fast paced um, kind of in the center of like new culture and especially like Gen Z culture. I don't really feel like there's a lot of other Asian artists like doing what I'm doing and that doesn't make me special. I wish that I wasn't, I, I wish that I didn't feel Like, oh, I'm the only one doing this Um, because I know there's a ton of other kids that are doing exactly the same thing as me or want to do what I'm doing. Mm. It's, it's mostly just like, I don't, um, yeah, I just don't like, I don't know who else is kind of in my lane and, and um, in my community, there's a few other artists that um, like an artist named Wallace, who's amazing. And another artist named Deb Neva, who are also amazing and do you yeah. feel
0: like you're like pitted against them at times? Or um, that-
2: I do in a way where it's like our Spotify's are like related listeners, but we don't mm. sound anything alike. Or I remember oh, okay. like the first kind of press write-up I got. Um, Deb is an incredible artist and she's so awesome. But the first like press write-up I got was like, if you like Deb never, you'll like The Blossom. And it's like, mm. well, the <laughs> only similarity between us, one is that we're both Asian um oh, wow. and female identifying and also have guitar in our music but there's not side
1: of that yeah you know like That's i like, just
2: felt so yeah. like i was like yeah we are in the same sort of like cut from the same cloth sonically but i just feel like we're so different and and yeah. i yeah. was so happy when i found her project like years ago mm-hmm. and i showed my dad because i was like fuck yeah like Debnath is yeah. awesome. Like she plays guitar. She's she kind of makes this like you know rap influence sort of like, right? Um, mm. I would say like sort of indie moody sort of sound, and and that really resonated with me and. I, and she's mm-hmm. also like talks a lot about anxiety, depression in her lyrics. And I was like, cool, an Asian female yeah. like diving in and being so like guttural and visceral, like really resonated right. with me. But then when it came around the time where I started releasing music and people were like, if you like her, you'll like The Blossom. I was like, what? Like, it, I <laughs> was it's like they're like, like uh, yeah.
1: Uh, it's, word?
2: <laughs> yeah. But this, so it's like. That's like wow. they're like
0: cannibalizing one uh-huh. listenership or something. And that, that feels scary. You, yeah. It's, it's like when so Brian ve- and I get reductive. like pitted with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like when Brian and I get grouped together with Asian baby girl podcast, I'm like, bitch, we, we are nothing like Asian baby girl. I'm like, nothing. No, Asian boss girl. I'm sorry. Asian boss girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how are, how are we in the same category as Asian boss girl? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we are Asian. We are Asian.
1: Being an Asian <laughs> artist in the music industry sounds hard as fuck, and there is another challenge that is pr- present currently: is that Asian artists are also fucking killing it in the music industry. Yes. And if you had a um, young me imagine, f- holy shit! If I was a musician, my and I was trying no. like doing my best, my Korean mom would be like. Why aren't you, like, fucking Bruno Mars and Anderson <laughs> and Olivia oh, Rodrigo. Love, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, love all, I love all of them so much. I love uh, Bruno Mars so much. You
1: know, we're going to switch gears here a little bit and go through our little lightning fire rounds. So what is something you're loving right now?
2: I am loving... Uh having my brother and, um, his wife in LA, I am loving having the proximity of family and close family members around me because, um, I'm really anxious about the, like, like lately I've been feeling like quite overwhelmed with the instability of like, for instance, I just got told I have to go on tour and I have to go this. And and so I feel like I'm, I'm never quite like settled and just feeling grounded with the people around me. So they arrived, um, They arrived today, this morning, and I'm so excited. So, yeah, Mm. I know that's a very, like, fluffy, uh, like, esoteric answer, but I'm loving having family close to me right now.
1: Mm. (laughs) Love that. That's so nice.
2: Yeah. Also, it's nice during this time where
0: the pandemic has made travel so treacherous. So treacherous, yeah. Yes. And having them in Australia must have been hard. Or were they in Australia? Yeah, so they
2: they lived in New York and then they went over to Australia. My brother's a photographer and his wife uh-huh. is a model and a dancer. And so they went over for a photo shoot and then they got basically stuck in Australia during COVID. So they've been there oh for a couple of years and now they're wow. finally moving back. And so I'm just like a pig and shit, like so happy to have them in LA and I'm going to also be spending a lot of time in New York. So just having them like be a part of my life and, and, and integrated and intertwined into my lifestyle is like mm-hmm. the best thing. It just feels like a big gift. So I was like, when you asked me that Brian, I was like, Hmm, like what am I loving? Like a cool new thing that I found or a movie or like a new artist. But I'm like, that's like the first thing that comes to my mind is just having my family mm. around me right
1: now. Oh yeah. Great. I love that. A great <laughs> answer. Uh, and conversely, what is something you're hating right now?
2: Uh, god. I'm trying not to hate anything, but Channel the rage I that Young Me had
1: up top of the rage. First class I have rage. Let me let me reach Tough
2: for first the first rage. Um, <laughs> I am hating I would say Oh god. I mean I'm I'm super like bother day to day I have like a lot of inner turmoil and frustrations about things but I think I'm gonna try to flip this I think I'm like lately I feel like I'm I've been really trying to disregard and and dispose this like this feeling that I wake up with every day like Mm -hmm. which is like I only have this certain amount of time and if i don't mm. do this and this and this in this time uh. and i'm like racing against time and then i go to his bed at night and i'm feeling like fuck i'm losing time i'm losing time so i'm 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 trying to like dissolve that that feeling every day by just kind of acknowledging it but mm-hmm. right now i'm hating the fact that this year is going by so quickly and i'm afraid of like of what i have on my plate and what I need to achieve and not being able to do it to my full capacity. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So I hate the calendar and I hate time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the passage of time. I that hate the passage well, the of time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, fuck me. Same. Same. I know. Same, same.
2: <laughs> and I hate the fact that we, yeah, I hate the fact, well, I have like a friend who's like, kind of like, yeah, you no, know. He's done a lot of mushrooms, but he's recently <laughs> been talking about like, you know, he's on that trip where it's like, what is time? Like, why do we have to achieve to time? And I'm like, bro, like we kind of need time. Like, cause like I need to know when to go get my laundry out. Like I need to know <laughs> when to like, you know, take the pizza out of the oven. Like it's not that deep, but I know what he's, <laughs> but yeah, I know yeah. what he's
1: Like bro, why at, do businesses you know? close ever? Just- <laughs> yeah. Why do we abide by it? What is time? So
2: I don't want to sound like that, like fuck time. Like why do we need it? Like fucking hate time. Like why do we need the Roman calendar or whatever? But right. I just hate how it makes me feel so like sure. like less than yeah. what I am every day, and and it mm-hmm. sucks. So I don't know.
1: On that note, fuck time. Yeah. But uh, we've reached we've reached an exciting point in this podcast where listeners. To hear what Lizzie is ashamed of, you're going to have to go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Asian. And, you know, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon to hear her full response and her give us the juice. Are you ready? I am. What is something that you're ashamed of?
2: Um, I think... I just took a deep sigh. I'm like, Whew. I'm trying to give you as many loaded answers as possible. Um, I am ashamed of.
1: Damn, Lily, <laughs> bring in you guys the heat. Bring the heat. Well,
2: you guys always do. So I was like, fuck, I got to bring it today.
1: Lily, bring in the heat. <laughs>
2: That's a, such a great you, I, I conversation. I think I
1: called you Liz earlier, so I, apologize. I don't care. You were people
2: saying do that Lizzie? Brian no, was saying say Liz, and time. I didn't say anything because I wasn't because sure. Because of yeah. my lost name, people do that. I'm so used to it. But, Brian, it's actually mostly white people that do that. So I was like, wow. <laughs>
1: well, it is on brand because I mean, say- has called me the whitest Asian person ever. No, I
0: heard, you know what's so funny? I heard Brian call you Lizzie, and then I thought I was wrong. <laughs>
1: Well, Lily, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast thus far. But most importantly, thank you for being yourself and being so vulnerable and open and giving us the truth throughout this this entire episode. This has
2: been one of the highlights of my year. I I don't know if I'll be able to top this as far (laughs) as interviews or discussions with other people. Yeah, this was awesome. You guys are like, really? This was great. No, I mean, just
0: because like... Brian <laughs> called you Lizzie like, over
2: <laughs> like five times. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm And he sorry. forgot who he was talking to and <laughs> just
1: oh, God. forgot who I
2: was. He was like, where am I? Who is this? <laughs> um, no, it has been the highlight for me and I'm so honored. And this is my favorite. This is my favorite show. And yeah, this is so awesome.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, the honor is all ours. But unfortunately, we are running out of time. And before we let you go, we like to ask all of our guests this one last question. What is something that you're proud of, Lily?
2: I am super proud of the fact that I um that I really love what I do and that mm-hmm. I and that I'm brave enough to actually make the choice every day to continue to do it um against, you know, a lot of adversities and um I'm proud that I have something that I can pull from as like a well of fulfillment. I'm really proud mm-hmm. of that. So
1: yeah go me <laughs> i need some of that self-love that was so beautiful Brian and sincere to...
2: Thank well, you. <laughs> also because i have yeah because i'm because i know what it's like to not have that prominently mm. in your life there was years that i was nannying and look off and looking off to newborn mm-hmm. babies mm-hmm. and kind of just like hustling on the side and doing a bit of music on the side but now being able to have it is my like full-time career I'm really proud of not just because it's like look what I've achieved I'm so great it's also just like I'm proud that I allow myself to um to 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 reach for something that makes me do what you
0: want yeah because not everyone
2: can do that you know
0: i i understand what you're saying because i came from a place where i wasn't allowing myself to do it and now that i am i'm like the worst days that i have now are way better than the best days i had back then exactly that's that's something that's what
2: i'm saying Mm,
0: right and i i just (laughs) wanted to say i think people listening to your conversation today and talking about your career and the hardships that you face you know and some of the highlights i think they will understand your answer um better because you know it isn't just a fantastical pursuit to be like a musician or a pop star or a star in some sort of sense there's like a lot of hard work and there's a lot of loneliness and a lot of struggles um and it is hard so like for you to do do that every day you should be proud of yourself and i'm so happy um to talk to you about it it was great
1: absolutely and i guys yeah and i just want to add that i love the phrasing of it because it's less it's not about the results it's more process oriented and yeah yeah it's a a great reminder to hear so thanks for Mm -hmm. sharing that thanks Um, guys yeah so you know for our listeners out there where can they find you and your work online
2: spotify a little thing called spotify a little thing called apple music a little thing called youtube um go online you will see my face but other than that, I'm excited to release my upcoming EP, um, mm-hmm. Pure Energy, which, which comes out. It'll already be out, I'm sure, by this, is, by this point. But it comes out on April 30th, um, and I'm super hyped. And, yeah, that's it. The internet. I,
0: I literally live on the internet. The internet. <laughs> Do do Australians call it YouTube or is that just British people? They say YouTube.
2: YouTube. I think I say
0: YouTube too. Did I just no, say I YouTube? Think you said you no, YouTube. you said YouTube. So I was that's why I asked. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. You said you with a t. You said tube,
2: and I was like, tube. YouTube mafia.
1: YouTube. <laughs> Woo. And young me, where can the Australian mafia find you online?
2: Whoa. You can find me at
0: Y M M A. Wait, how do Australians say A or they say I feel like my accent's very Cockney. It always goes like Cockney. Yours uh, you is nolly. Find- <laughs> It's Nolly. <laughs> nolly. We're gonna have an Australian accent off and you have to judge. Okay. Me and Brian, we're going to see who wins. <laughs> we're both going to lose. Um, okay. You can find me at YM mayor or a young me mayor on,
2: um, Tiktok. Chick choke oh Sorry. wait i was meant to say my handle i was meant to say, oh, yeah, my say handle? your handle oh give
1: me your handle give I your handle. i didn't know
2: like i was like giving you a deep answer i was like you can find me like oh i was meant to give you your handle okay it's at the blossom t-h-e and then as you want to spell blossom um and uh yeah and then just search the blossom on spotify and i'll be there
0: how about you, Brian? Where can we find you on... Can we find you on YouTube?
1: <laughs> <Sorry>. You can... <laughs> you can find Sorry. me on socials at It's Brian Park, but if you want to f- catch me IRL, you see me posted <laughs> up at Ruby's outside with my Aussie mates, <laughs> catching a gander at all of my aspiring influencers. Said no Australian
2: person ever.
1: <laughs> in- influencers and... I don't know. You can see me outside loitering of Amy Leon and doing nothing with my life. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Either way.
0: We're going to get hit by <laughs> yeah, the, the Australian like mafia. The is... Australian <laughs> mafia is going to come after us so hard.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh, you know, and you follow, us, uh, follow our podcast on socials at Feeling Asian Podcast.
0: All right, listeners, it's time for some Patreon shout outs. Guess what? I'm doing them alone this week, and I was thinking I'm going to make them funny. But I, you know, don't expect too much because I don't know, I, I don't know what I'm going with here. I'm I'm using people's names. And you know, first, I was like, I'm gonna try to do like a psychic guess on their lives, but it's like, why, why do that? Because it's like, I'm probably wrong, you know what I mean? So I'm gonna try to be funny., um, if you have been donating to our Patreon and have yet to hear your name, I am so sorry. I am so sorry and thank you so much for donating but that's like my gosh it's been it's been like 19 years and hopefully if anyone's like waiting to hear their name I, I hope that all of you have already heard your name I hope there's nobody left in purgatory All right so without further ado first um Patreon shout out is Ann Kim Ann Kim something funny Ann Kim owes a lot of money to the IRS if the FBI is listening please stop listening and kim is (laughs) hiding has no social media presence because the irs will find her and kim everyone okay next we have my win yesterday i was like (laughs) practice i swear to god i was practicing i saw like a tiktok where somebody properly pronounced the name win and i was like prop i was like trying to practice it alone in my bedroom and I, i have a feeling i didn't really get it that accurate. But um, it could be way worse, Maya. I could have said Najuan. You know what I mean? Oh, if your last name is Win, can you like message us and tell us the funniest way that somebody's mispronounced that? That is so funny. I I only learned how to say Win like probably, uh, it's probably been like 10 years. And I was like so proud when I learned how to pronounce it. So whenever I met somebody with that last name, I'd be like, oh, your name is Nguyen? But um, I think I'm not one hundred percent saying it right, so let me now tell us send us a little audio recording of how the the most proper way to pronounce it I would say, okay, next is christina lo i I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly l u o lo low luo Lowe, Lowe. um okay, something funny christina you you need to you need to cool it on the um you need to cool, Christina. <laughs> you need to cool it on the, the ninth Bloody Mary at brunch. I think that's what that's what I'm gonna go with. Like your, fr- it's like you know you go to like bottomless mimosa brunch and all your friends are like whew, and then they watch you and they're like okay, you know this is, this was fun, but now Christina's made it sad. I'm just kidding. That's just projecting. That's like me. Um, the next person is Amy Yamagishi. Amy Yamagishi, I would say. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, Amy is a British Asian, right? Is that the vibe we're getting everyone? A British Asian and maybe like, maybe I, I, I was gonna say like you work in Hong Kong like cause you like live in the UK. I feel like, I, I know there's like a UK, like Hong Kong pipeline, but I just feel like people that like live in Hong Kong and have British accents are so fancy. I'm just like, wow. Why is your life so fucking fancy? Anyway, this that's the vibe I'm getting from Amy. I think Amy's from the UK, and I'm sticking with that. I'm sticking with that. Okay, next. Agyang Yu. Um, I don't know if that's a typo. Agyeong is obviously a Korean name, but I I know I, I hear a lot of Agyangs, so but of course Agyeung is also a name. Let me okay, something funny. Agyang Yu, Agyeang Yu what is okay i feel like there's something food related that's funny like you like your favorite like dish is like a dish that was popular a long time ago and your friends are like okay like you know like now when you go eat mexican food you, they always like the popular things are, like birria tacos or like very authentic like mexico city style like tacos but Young likes like those like 1980s style like enchiladas that you would get at like TGI Fridays. Do you know what I mean with like the the refried beans and the right like the rice side, <laughs> like the old school like meatloaf or something that's like never on any menu anymore. I feel like that's accurate. So let me know if any of those were
1: correct. Everyone, you know the drill at this point. If you made it this far, thank you for listening as always. And Lily, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And go listen to her music, The Blossom. (laughs) Go to Spotify, Apple, wherever you get music. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.